0: Wendy is in Joburg today, so she's joining us via Skype. And as I've mentioned, we're going to be talking about the issue of COVID-related postponements and what's going on now that customers are trying to start rescheduling those events. Bit of airline news to update you on, and I hope time for some open line calls as well. Uh, if you want to join the conversation or ask a question, you call us on 021-446-0567, or you can send a voice note to 0725671567. Hope you are substantially warmer and drier. Uh, up in Joburg than we are down here in Cape Town. Wendy, welcome.
1: Uh, Thanks, Peppa. Certainly... drier, but I I don't know about warmer.
0: It it was very cold this morning. I have lost count, and I did lose count early on in lockdown, Wendy, of the number of people who were mailing me about their big events being affected. The the anniversary holidays, the cruises, the weddings, the special birthday parties. Thousands of people couldn't host the events they'd booked or Mm. take the holidays they had planned and in most cases paid deposits for. Now that things are opening up again, many of them are wanting to get the wheels rolling again and rebook and they're finding it's not always simple.
1: Well, absolutely. And you can imagine what my inbox looks like. Um, It's a story that's unfolded many times, as you say, since hard lockdown of March 2020. Loads of functions. In my case, it's mostly, I would say, weddings, huge, and holidays. Um, And As you recall so many times we spoke about this on the show that um, all consumer bodies including our consumer goods and services ombudsman were were saying um, if you can given the world of pain these companies are in it's not their fault either if you can um, possibly do it rather than insist on a refund which is technically all right in terms of the consumer protection act when you don't get what you paid for Go for a, a postponement of the event, um, and uh, and so many did, um, and many actually had to because the service providers just were absolutely not um, will, being willing to, uh, to offer entertain a refund, refund. Yeah. yeah, under any circumstances. So, um, so now it's come to we're now sitting in mid twenty twenty two, just over two years later, and um, what's happening is um, that. Uh, the new dates don't work uh, for whatever reason. The, people feel they're just too old to deal with travel. Or the wedding was canceled altogether, that sort of thing, Um or that people want to now travel but the the new quote um what they paid back in 2020 is now doesn't cut it anymore for that particular trip for the flight or whatever and now they've got to pay in substantial amounts um and then in in many cases but now you're too late for the refund so a lot of um pain and drama for consumers who are now left in many cases with nothing to show for their money Mm. but of course to be fair the service providers and we've chatted about this a lot uh, as well Pippa, with their income having been halted for months they would naturally have used all the money that they'd had at their disposal at the time to just survive to keep paying their staff Uh, and two years on their costs have escalated alarmingly so not inflating the original 2020 quote as um, Consumer Goods and Services Ombud, Michaut and has advised is a is indeed we have to accept a massive ask. So um, where to from here? Yeah. I, I've engaged with the Ombuds Office uh, recently on this. Um, they've said that from the start um, as I said that consumers while being entitled to a refund of, of COVID bookings should rather accept a postponement um, but The booking should be valid for three years at the same price based on provisions in the Consumer Protection Act, albeit they were not written with the fallout from a pandemic pandemic in mind, of course. And then this – uh, from Gautam It would be fair for the supplier to bring to the attention of the consumer any additional terms and conditions that would apply, including any additional cost to be charged. This should be done upfront to enable the consumer to weigh their options and determine if they would be willing to postpone on the basis of those terms or to cancel immediately and receive a refund minus any legal and reasonable cancellation penalties if applicable. So she's saying that, you know, the... Back in in 2020, when all these horrid cancellations were having to happen, how you know to to weigh up your options, whether you were going to firmly insist on a refund and take action if you didn't get it, or accept a postponement, if they didn't say, well, um, you can only postpone for a year or 18 months, or and you know your, the price you paid is not going to cut it down the line, kind of thing. Yeah. Then then people weren't able to make an informed decision. Ghatta says, remember that in the context of sections 47, which deals with instances where a supplier is not able to deliver services due to circumstances beyond their control, the consumer is required not to be unreasonable in refusing alternatives. Upfront disclosure is therefore important to allow the consumer to weigh their options um, in considering any option any offer, rather, of postponement. Whether the supplier did not disclose the new terms, which the consumer agreed to, we would consider this an unfair practice and recommend that the services be offered at the original price or a refund
0: be made. Okay, so that's quite unequivocal. Okay. Um, That's the position. Okay. so I mean, such a difficult one. As we've said, uh, Wendy, as we've said time and again... It's not the consumer's fault that this has happened, but neither is it the supplier's fault that this has happened. And you can imagine—I mean, I'm just thinking out the box. Yes, it's something as, as simple as a wedding, the catering for the wedding, the cost of the food in 2022 is going to be vastly more than the cost of the food quoted in 2020. The food prices have soared, and uh, you know, the question is now: should the customer be prepared to accept a, a higher per rate rate per head, for example, because of that, or can they ethically insist on on honouring the price that was quoted to them in 2020—it's really tricky, tricky. It's ground. a tough one, yeah.
1: But you know, in dealing with these cases, I do think there's one advantage: is that let people, uh, service providers faced with those two options, may then just say, "Well, okay, we'll refund you," which most people then wouldn't want because that money wouldn't buy them the same thing now. No, but at yeah. least it's better than nothing. Because sitting with, you know, no, there's no refund, and hello, you've got to pay another um, fifteen thousand rand in. Um, is, is is an options choice for the consumer, not yeah. very friendly. So at least I think, in many cases, it would um, lead to at least the refund being paid, which is which you know, as you say, is better than nothing. Than nothing. Yeah.
0: Um, now the ombud yeah. actually shared a case study, Wendy, which I think is very helpful. That that sort of demonstrates the kind of thing that they're dealing with here. I believe it was published in in their latest newsletter.
1: It was indeed, and Mihaela drew my attention to it because it it speaks exactly to what we we we're discussing today. And that here it is: after three failed attempts to have the wedding of their dreams, only to have their hopes dashed by COVID-19, a couple decided to cancel their wedding entirely. And this is a very typical scenario. Mm-hmm. Having booked and put down a deposit on the venue in December 2019, the happy day was initially scheduled for the 30th of May 2020, then March uh, 2021, and finally. Uh, the 26th of November 2021 oh, in January Gen- <laughs> All bad dates. In January 2021, when uncertainty dogged the vaccine rollout in South Africa, the couple informed the supplier that they would rather cancel than risk another postponement. Believing that 11 months' notice was reasonable and fair, the couple requested a refund of the 30,600 rand they had paid to the supplier, but the supplier refused. And that's when the couple turned to the CGSO for help in getting a reasonable refund. They then engaged with the supplier, um, and got from them all their calculations, um, sort of justifying why they weren't going to entertain a refund, um, and they said they would only consider a refund if the couple rebooked the venue. Oh
0: gosh, <laughs> so that's not okay. Yeah,
1: yeah. So the CGSO referred that supplier to Section 17 of the CPA. Uh, which says, you know, that this is the basic thing that all this hinges on. Consumers have a right to cancel advance bookings subject to the payment of a reasonable cancellation fee. Um, and that's probably as much detail as we need to go yeah. into. So the CGSO advised the supplier that their cancellation policies were contrary to the CPA and recommended an amount of 22,580. So about, what that's was that? 8, about 8000 round penalty,
0: round, basically. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, but they refused because they said that amount included a non-refundable deposit of 5,000 rand. And uh, that comment is why this case study is t- entitled in their, in, their, in their newsletter, Is There Such a Thing as a Non-Refundable Deposit? And the answer is no. So they explained okay. more sections of the CPA to the supplier um, about contracts being drawn up, et cetera, et cetera. And um they said even if the client signed the agreement, the act prohibits the contracting out of or waiver of certain consumer protection under that legislation. So in other words, there can be no such thing as a blanket no refunds policy. Yeah. And eventually, well done to the CGSO, the supplier agreed with the recommendation and paid that couple twenty two thousand Rand five hundred and eighty. Uh, five hundred eighty and four cents, um, so a nice outcome. But I think that case is also—it's—it's—it um, it will resonate with a lot of people uh, right now.
0: I imagine. Well, um, I've got some more actual positive feedback on the work of the Ombuds Office, which I'll share later in the show, Wendy, with a very similar theme, reminding suppliers you cannot contract out of the terms of the Consumer Protection Act. You can draft the fanciest policies if they're not in line with the Act. They are not enforceable. Um, And this is a really important uh, case study uh, to share. And I bet one that others listening to would probably like to be able to quote uh, uh, to the letter in their own uh, negotiations. Wendy, is it available uh, for the public to access?
1: Yes, wonderful president. I suggest you print it out or make a copy that you can email to a supplier that's digging their heels in and won't offer you any relief. Uh, any form of um recourse for that money you paid and didn't get anything um for. So if you go onto the CGSO at org.za's website. Just type in CGSO and the rest will come up. Um, On the homepage at the top, um, you click on downloads and then under that newsletters, and it's the one right at the top relating to quarter one, 2022. Is there such a thing as a non refundable deposit?
0: Okay, thanks for telling us where to find it. So that is the Consumer Goods and Services Ombit. You are Googling CGSO and then looking for downloads, newsletters, and quarter one of 2022. Uh, That was their, their case study. Wendy, you've got a few of your own to share. As well. Uh, Let's quickly take a look at Leslie's trip to Australia that never happened.
1: Right, so Leslie Monday first wrote to me at the end of April about her cancelled trip. She and her husband had booked via Discovery Vitality. Uh, on Emirates to visit their daughters down under and they were meant to fly to Sydney in April of 2020, Shit. the first month. Uh, of course, that didn't happen. Initially, Leslie says the tickets were uh, valid for an additional 24 months, which of course isn't in keeping with the CPAs three years. But last year, she says the airline softened its policy if flights were booked before the before September 2020 for travel by August uh. 2022, as there's weren't, the ticket's validity was extended to 36 months. And of course, that applied to them, as I said. Um, If their tickets had been booked directly with Emirates, that change would have been automatic. But because they booked via Discovery Vitality's travel arm, they had to deal with Vitality. So in April, Leslie requested that the tickets be used for a flight to Sydney, leaving later this month. She didn't get a, a reply for quite a long time, but when she did get it, it was to tell her that the tickets had expired, after two years, despite Emirates' new policy. She was told her only compensation, yeah, can you imagine, her only compensation would be a refund minus a booking fee of 840 rand. But she says the tickets have doubled in price, which which, which is what I predicted would happen. Hence my choice to hold on to the tickets. So I have to say, before I got around to taking up the case, Vitality did do an about turn and booked Leslie and her husband on flights to Sydney and they depart later this month. But they did have to pay in um, extra, a total of almost 7,400 rand, which Gosh. was a bit of a sting, but they took it. It's better okay. than what they were originally faced with. So, I went to um, Discovery Vitality and I said, what went on here? Admittedly, um, Leslie had said, you know, compared to what she was originally faced with, she was happy to pay the 7,000 rand, but I was interested in how that happened and, and why the confusion over the three years and the two years yeah. with the result that, that hurt tickets then expired. They said we offered to give Lizzie the full value of the tickets instead of the member's portion only due to the incorrect information that was provided to her regarding the validity of her tickets. Um, We advised the customer that the value per ticket can be used towards payment of a new Vitality travel booking, but there would be a difference in price as the same price was not available due to the tickets that expired after 24 months. She accepted the offer. The issue is unfortunately that Emirates, advised us that tickets can be kept open for three years and then a few months later they advised that we must reissue tickets within two years to extend the validity sadly there was no way to recall all the members that were advised that they can keep their tickets open for three years we deal with these queries on a case-to-case basis so the main reason for sharing this is if anyone else has been told Sorry, your ticket's expired. Um, you know, in other words, you were prejudiced in the same way that Leslie was initially. Please do push back, um, argue your case, um, so that you you can actually either get a refund or use that um, that for spend, original spend, yeah, for future travel.
0: Thanks for the heads up on that, Wendy. Okay. Uh, We've got another example of this kind of broken telephone communications around airline tickets, which we'll share with you after the 2.30 news headlines. Uh, We're also going to deal with uh, some other airline news and a couple of open line questions that are coming through. That's coming up uh, in a little while for now, so don't go away. Cape Talk. Consumer Talk. WhatsApp on 072-567-1567. I do want to hear more from Wendy Nola, who is with us via Skype from Joburg today talking consumer affairs. And we've been talking about the these terrible conundrums of, of rebooking holidays and events that were cancelled or postponed because of uh, COVID and uh, the difficulties of doing so when pricing has changed, for example. Now, you had another case, um, case study you wanted to share with us, Wendy, around a similar one to, to, to the, the previous story you shared. This this terrible communication breakdown mm-hmm. between airlines and the travel agencies that are booking on their behalf and the customers who are trying to get some value out of the tickets that they booked before lockdown. Um, tell us Anton's story.
1: Okay, so Anton Swanepoel wrote to me to say that he had lost out completely on the two Turkish airline tickets he'd bought for a 2020 holiday that also didn't happen because, he said, Flight Centre failed to inform him of the airline's cut-off for refund requests. So he'd bought the tickets for the 2020 European high season, 26th of June to the 3rd of July. And obviously he couldn't use them because of the lockdowns of 2020. He says it was the same story the following June. And to my mind, and according to the CPA, they should be able, uh, uh, we should have been able to use them until June 2023. Because prepaid tickets, according to the CPA, shouldn't uh, expire within three years. But Turkish Airlines had made the cutoff for flights at the end of May 2022, denying them a like for like exchange because the cutoff was before high, high season. And this is what also has been going on with, like, you know, um, OK, we're we'll already your wedding, but it's, you have to get married midweek now. Yeah, not like on that, a Saturday.
0: You know?
1: OK. No, yeah, said so not like for like um, and as I said to Flight Centre in Anton's case with the tickets, um, you know that was making them um, the validity less than uh, two years, and also stopping just short of of the high season. Um, so yeah, deeply pre- prejudicial. I said, could you please also address the allegation that. Uh, Anton missed out on the refund due to the fact that Flight Centre failed to inform him of the deadline. If that is indeed the case, does Flight Centre intend to take any responsibility for that? So, they have responded and said, we've reviewed all booking documentation and correspondence relating to this booking. Although the airline's terms and conditions determine any reaccommodation policies presented to our customers, we have noted that the specific deadline related to refunds on this booking was not communicated. Uh-huh. So, they, they said mea culpa. We have noted that Anton had requested this information from our experts, capital E although the reaccommodation policy for the airline was communicated we understood that any possible refund plays an important role in customer in in a customer deciding what they choose to do with their booking, This is echoing what Machata and Patleli said. We genuinely care about ensuring that our customers have all information possible, empowering them to make informed decisions regarding their travel. By not advising of the deadline for refunds on this booking, we understand that this compromised uh, Anton's ability to move forward with his travel plans for 2022. Uh, We commit to doing better and deeply regret this service failure on our part. We've taken steps to rectify our our mistake and have been in direct communication with the client to this effect. Okay, so the million dollar question is what was the communication?
0: Are they refunding him? They've given him two
1: options. Um, He says he was offered a full refund of the booking and the amount of, $24,600 24600 or a credit in the same amount to rebook his flat. So he's not getting the same trip at the same price, and this seems to be a recurring theme. Mm. But at least, you know, before he was left with, well, he, he was um, left with an option that didn't suit him, and certainly um, the refund was off the table. He told me he was reasonably happy with the options. All we really wanted, he said, was to either get Um, our money back in the form of a refund or a credit to use on new flights. But he said the entire ordeal had left a bad taste in his mouth. One of my big concerns, he said, is how many other people have gone through the situation with Flight Centre where they didn't know who else to turn to and suffered losses. Yeah. So there's an answer there. You can can, I will do my best if you're in that situation. But certainly there's a precedent here. If you lost out because you didn't get the vital information you needed to make an informed decision decision um around cutoffs uh, for refunds um then most definitely fight take back. it up and yeah. fight back and here's you know a precedent okay. for you
0: now while we're talking airline refunds wendy of course it's not only the covid travelers who've been gnashing their teeth it's the Comair customers too who uh, lost their flights on kalula and Comair because of the liquidation you've got some quite interesting insight there on a particular category of those travelers
1: Yes, and I came across it quite by accident, Peppa. I have to say. So uh, there was certainly no um, statement released by uh, Travel Start or anything of that order when the, the liquidation was announced last week. Um, so the news is that Travel Start is going to refund Kalula and BA ticket holders. Uh, there is a but. Uh, they have to have taken out airline liquidation protection in booking their flights Um and um it, it's an added extra you have to pay um a few hundred Rand more. And this is how I heard about it. Um earlier in the week a woman who had booked Fly Safe flights on Travel Start noticed afterwards that she'd paid four hundred Rand for airline liquidation protection, which she didn't remember having a choice about. So mm. she assumed it was a Fly Safe fee. So I went to the airline and I said, what is this about? When did you start it? How does it work? And the answer I got was, no, no, it's not nothing to do with us. That is a travel start fee. It's been in place for quite a while. So I went onto the travel start website and I saw, yes, among the three um, add-ons, the, uh, optional extras, um, there was airline liquidation protection and there was medical a uh, medical cancellation uh refund and domestic baggage insurance all of them um are optional extras but the departure was that airline liquidation protection was already pre-ticked
0: oh so on the that's website. yeah optional but we've, so we've selected it for you already yes yeah, hmm.
1: so, pa- so so passengers or consumers who didn't notice that would have acquired it as in the woman that came to me with it okay. so of course i queried this with travel starts south african manager john friel I said from a consumer protection perspective, there can never be justification for pre or auto-selecting an optional extra. Um, it can't be okay for a consumer to be charged for it because they failed to deselect. So how does Travel Start justify that? And then I asked, of course, all sorts of questions about what this product is, the so liquid, liquidation protection when it was introduced, and and most importantly, how many Travel Start customers qualify for Kalula or BA refunds because, because of they, they had this uh, you know, they had ticked, either ticked the box themselves or had it already pre ticked. Do they automatically get refunded now or do they have to apply as their process? And how long will they have to wait for refunds? Because I figured those were questions um, that Travel Start customers.
0: Would have sitting with now yeah. with now useless tickets would have. So but, it's fascinating, um, Wendy. Sorry to interrupt, but of course, no not. It's it's definitely not right that that option should have been pre-selected for them if it was in fact optional. But this is one case where you're probably very relieved that it was because potentially it's it's getting you a refund that you wouldn't uh, uh, otherwise have received. So uh, it's uh, quite, quite a funny one. What what did to say one. In, uh, in response to your questions? So. I've gone back with additional ones and haven't
1: uh, earlier this morning, and I haven't um, got the the answers. So I can only tell you what I know. But so the the, the answer read like this, the response rather. In the current climate, in particular the situation with Carmel Limited and the pending liquidation, we took the decision to pre-select this product. So it sounds like the pre-selection is new and that the people who who qualify for for, for refunds now would have pre-selected it themselves, sorry, not pre selected, will have selected it themselves rather than having acquired it. Yes. So, uh, but I, I haven't got confirmation of that. So, anyway, it reads in, in, In the current climate, we took the decision to pre-select this product to provide a level of safety to our customers. We remain of the view that this has been carried out with the best interest of the customer. And as we balance the convenience to the customer of having this protection, especially in light of the current volatile air industry versus limiting the customer's choice. In regard to the latter point, the customer remains with a right to choose if you notice it. All information is further itemized on the quote in order to allow the customer to view the bill in an itemized manner. At this time, Comma Limited has not been liquidated. An interim order has been granted and this is pending a decision from the court. If the liquidation is final, then all Travel Start customers who have purchased this product will be refunded in full. Those who have not will then become, as we've spoken about Pippa, a creditor of the company and stand to lose as they'll be getting only a few cents in the rand. Our airline liquidation policy is a travel start funded product in other words not an insure. I was referring to it as an insurance product but he's saying it's a travel yeah. start funded product to ensure we can provide customers with protection in an example such as Kame Limited any product that is pre-selected can be opted out very easily and by doing so customers will see the total amount in their basket decrease accordingly um, so yeah I, I, as you say, those that 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 paid extra um, would be very happy. I think, though, it sounds to me like um, the 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 pre-selection thing has only happened since Comi's thing because they thought you know this is a, a an extra that we really want yeah. more customers to have because there could be more fast fast efforts. to me yesterday. We're not going anywhere, but because um, the, the the protection was on their <laughs> ticket, okay, um, four hundred rand, but. Um, I'm still waiting for the for answers to the rest of my questions, Pippa, especially around, I would love to know, and I don't know if they're going to tell me. Co- companies can be very shy or loath to, to give me these sort of pertinent numbers, but we would be very interested to know, uh, and the numbers would be available to the company, how many Travel Start customers now stand to get the, all their money back um, thanks to paying the few hundred rand extra when they made their bookings. It's okay. such an interesting one, and as I say, so grateful to the woman who queried it with me this week because I wouldn't have known about it otherwise. Yeah.
0: And the bottom line is if you did book through Travel Start, go and check your booking. You might well find that you inadvertently exactly. purchased protection that you weren't intending to, but we'll be very happy to have right now. Okay, we're taking a short break and then we're going to be back with some other open line queries, including a, a listener's really positive feedback on their experience of dealing with the Ombud Wendy, which I'm happy to share after this. Consumer Talk Open Line Call 021 446 0567. Okay, a few bits and pieces t- moving away from the refund issue. Uh, we've got very quick, some very quickly some news from Woolies, which I know that Wendy wanted to share with us last week and we ran out of time and I did promise we'd share it today. And then um, that that positive feedback on the Ombit and I hope time for a couple of voice notes as well. Wendy, this retail news last week that we didn't get to resol- re- revolves around the ubiquitous Woolies black shopping bag. I'm quite proud to say I've never bought one. I have always had my reusable bags in my handbag, but I have a few friends who have a collection going at home um, that is noteworthy, to say the least, because they always forget to take theirs. There is some help on offer, I believe.
1: Yes, uh, it's become a bit of a joke, people drowning in those black bags because they never remember to take their own um, since he stopped uh, selling plastic ones. So for those of you in that situation, um, this week, they're from. well, it was from last week, actually, they started rolling out the take-back black bag campaign in 40 of their stores. It started in my nearest Woolies in, in uh, Somerset West um, last Wednesday. And you just give your bags back at the till and they will be recycled. So that's that sorted out. Is
0: there any refund attached to that or are you simply just being no. a good Samaritan ha- handing <laughs> <No>. it in? <laughs> I think you're just handing it in
1: and um, doing your refunding, but that way. Okay. There's nothing mentioned in the press release. There was nothing about a refund. I, apologies to Woolies if I got that wrong, but I didn't see anything about a refund.
0: Okay, but if you've got a whole um, cupboard full of them, don't throw them in the bin, take them back to Woolies and they'll take them back and put them back into use. Okay. The other news from Woolies was around their, their home delivery systems. Where do they go? They're going EV.
1: They are. They've been trialing this for 10 months. So they announced last week that they're going to be the first South African retailer to embark on an extensive rollout of electric panel vans in partnership with DSV and Evelectric to deliver their customers online purchases um, quietly mm-hmm. <laughs> in Gauteng, Cape Town and Durban. It will result in 70% of the retailer's fleet being powered by electricity, which according to the figures from the trial will have an annual will have on an annual basis the potential to save 700,000 kilograms of tailpipe carbon emissions. That number will no doubt not mean much, much to any of us, but I think it's it's uh, safe to say it's a lot, okay. saving a lot of carbon And also to say yes. that they
0: are trying to, as far as possible, use re- uh, renewable energy sources solar. for the charging uh, solar, because there's no point uh, having EVs if you're charging them with dirty electricity.
1: Yes, and I'm sure many listeners were thinking just that. So yes, they're going to be using solar um uh energy to 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 power their cars and, uh, um, you know, that's, it's you know, the future is here like okay. already. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay,
0: thanks for, for that update. Now, Wendy, I want to share um, a, an email that came in from our listener Hilma that goes back to the conversation we had at the start of the show around not being able to contract out of the CPA. It was a, a little while ago our listener Hilma mailed me with a question about the CPA and the right of return and I didn't even have to send it to you. I just simply sent your standard response about you have the right to your choice of a repair, refund, mm. or replacement if it was a defective item uh, within six sure. months of purchase. And Hilma came back to me to say that the store in question was not honouring that. It was a national retail chain called Value Co. And she said they've come back to me saying our in house policy is a seven day return window, and that trumps anything else, even if the product was faulty. Nice (laughs) try. Nice try. She got the same story from the local branch where she tried to return her item and from head office when she took it up at head office level. And she said to me, it's a matter of principle. It was actually a fairly inexpensive small item she was trying to return, but it had been faulty within six months and she felt... She needed to insist on her rights. Of so, so I suggested to her try contacting the consumer ombud, and she wrote back to me a couple of days ago, Wendy, to say how thoroughly impressed she was with the service she got there. Within seconds of submitting my complaint, she says I had a text acknowledgement the same day. I received an email confirming that my complaint had been submitted to Value Co. and giving me details of how the process works. The very next day, I received a mail from Value Co. and a WhatsApp message asking if I'd received the mail. They're refunding what I paid for the product and they've also given me a gift voucher uh, of 200 rand to spend in their store. My purpose in complaining was not actually about the money. It was a very small amount. But to show that we have laws in this country that cannot be ignored and businesses cannot make up their own rules and think the CPA doesn't apply to them. Full marks to the Consumer Goods and Services Ombud, one government department, that is really doing its job and doing it well and hopefully a business that is now better informed about the CPA.
1: How's that? Well, very well said and lovely to share that. Um, I'm sure they, in some cases, like I feel that just, you know, some cases take longer than others, but I do know from quite a lot of feedback Um, just like that, that they they, they really are um, doing a great job and they're a very effective
0: means of of recourse for consumers who um, have got a a raw deal from a company. Thanks for that. And Hilma, again, thank you for taking the time to give us that feedback and uh, well done for for fighting it forward. Um, On the WhatsApp line, uh, Wendy, Helen is asking if there's any further info on refunds from Fireplace and Chimney. She was one of those who SMSed in during our show. She says, I'm still waiting. The company is totally non communicative and I cannot afford to lose my deposit of over 21,000 rand. Have you heard anything further?
1: Yes, it's been a bit stop-start with communication. So I did get something last week uh, from from Jim, the owner, and he said, I'm going to send me a list of all the refunds that he's made. Um, And I was sending him through the the new ones that I'd got and people who um, had – you know, whose who's, um, complaints I'd sent through already. Yeah. Um, but um, I haven't... I went back to this morning, just this morning, to say, please, could you get back to me? I, you, you haven't sent me the list that you promised, and yeah. I need some feedback, and it hasn't come. Oh. So um, I, next week, we will um, definitely have to report back on this one.
0: Okay. Helen, I know you sent me an SMS. Can I ask you, please, to email Wendy with your details so that she can add you to that list and follow up on your individual case? We don't have the details from the original SMS. You do need to send them by email and the address to use is consumer at nola.co.za spelled K-N-O-W-L-E-R. Put fireplace and chimney in the uh, subject line and Wendy will keep an eye out for it. Uh, Helen, thanks for for the feedback. I think we can squeeze in a a very quick uh, voice note question. Let's take a listen.
1: Please ask Wendy this question. My father just contacted me yesterday to let me know that he received a laptop which MTN sent to him and the reason for this is MTN called him to tell him he qualified for some new contract where he gets this laptop free. And his understanding was that he was gonna pay a certain amount, three,
0: 400 grand a month, and he'd get the laptop for free, plus get all the minutes and data he needed. But now it turns out that his understanding was incorrect. So I don't know if, if it was him who made the mistake or if he truly was misled, but please can you confirm, I
1: see in terms of section 16 of the CPA, Because this was the result of direct
0: marketing, he has a five day cool off period that he can cancel penalty free. Is that correct?
1: Wendy? It absolutely is correct. That was just what I was about to say. So, um, well done on, on sourcing that on your own. Absolutely. That is the advantage of, of um, getting something via direct marketing. You do have that advantage of that uh, seven-day cooling-off period or five business days, as it is. Um, so, you must definitely um, put it in writing, send an email email, um, and uh, within the five days, and they will simply collect the product. Obviously, don't use it or anything um, and, and cancel. And if he's having any trouble with that, he's welcome to um, email me
0: and I will get involved. Thank you very much for that offer, Wendy. Uh, I hope it's not necessary. I hope that the simple act of, of uh, invoking your right, which exists in the law, uh, will will end the story. But if you don't come right, do send an email. So once again, Wendy's email address is consumer at nola.co.za, spelled K-N-O-W-L-E-R. Please, we ask you to put Cape Talk in the subject line and then just a word or two describing the nature of the problem. So in this case, it would be Cape Talk, direct marketing, cooling off, or something like that, that Wendy can... Uh, Immediately identify the nature of the problem and also that it helps us just to look for clusters of issues around a common theme, uh, which which tells us it's it's a topic worth pursuing for a subsequent show. A subsequent show will come your way next week, Wednesday. Wendy, I hope you'll be back with us in studio by then. But in the meantime, keep well and we'll chat again next week.
1: Thanks. I will indeed, Pippa. Bye bye. Well.
0: Cheers.